thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. We live, obviously, in interesting times, and today's message is called, or entitled, You the Mom. And so I kind of thought, well, I should title it, You the Bomb, but I didn't want to call moms a bomb, okay? Sometimes they wish they could go off, but, uh, but I want to call moms, You the Mom, and, and I thought, I can't call them You the Man, you know, you the woman, man, that don't make any sense. And so, but, but you the mom, because moms are that. To be a mom today, you got to be the mom. I mean, the mom. I want to read a passage of scripture, and then I want you to watch a video clip. You're familiar with the clip by now. You've seen it. Uh, interesting things going on in our times, things that kind of make you shake your head, and then you see things like this, and you go... That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. So I want to read a passage of Scripture, kind of set this up. You're going to see this text kind of play itself out in this video in just a little bit. This is Proverbs 29, 15. Listen to the word of the Lord. The rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a child left to himself disgraces his mother. I want you to watch this. 34 kids were arrested, but not Toya Graham's 16-year-old, Michael. She gave him a piece of her mind and a good portion of her hand. Today, Toya Graham spoke to CBS News producer Christina Rafini. I could see the objects being thrown at the police, and I was like in the awe, like, oh, my God. You know, this is really happening right here with me. And... Lo and behold, I turn around and I look in this crowd and my son is actually coming across the street with this hoodie on and uh, a mask. At that point, I just lost it. And he gave me eye contact. And at that point, not even thinking about cameras or anything like that. That's my only son. And at the end of the day, I don't want him to be a Freddie Gray. But to stand up there, and vandalize police officers. Get over here, that, That's not justice. That's not what, you know, I'm a single mom. You know, I have six children, and I just choose not to live like that no more, and I don't want that for him. What were you thinking when you saw him? Were you shocked? Were you angry? I was angry? shocked. I was angry. I was shocked. Because you never want to see your child out there doing that. There's some days that I'll shield him in the house just so he won't go outside. Um, and I know I can't do that for the rest of my life. He's 16 years old. You know, he's into the streets. What was his reaction when he saw you when you kind of pulled him out of the crowd? And then, you know, what was said, that ride home like? <laughs> he said to me, he said, Ma, he said, when I seen you, my instincts was to run. You know, I'm a no-tolerant mother. Everybody mm. that knows me know I don't play that. You know what I mean? Um, he knew. He knew. He knew he was in trouble. Mm. Happy Mother's Day. Amen. Man, you the mom. I mean, that's all you can say when you see that, you the mom. I mean, that's, we need more of that. Amen. I mean, she's at home watching TV and sees him on TV. She goes down there and gets him. I mean, that's awesome. I'm just telling you, that's incredible. And when I saw it first time, I'm like, that's such a great video for Mother's Day. I mean, that's how sick my mind is. That's what I was thinking. You know, that's a great video for Mother's Day. And so, uh, happy Mother's Day. Amen. <laughs> hey, what, what, to a more serious matter, but 
what I want to say is that when you see her and when you see moms and when moms have raised us and put fingerprints on us and sometimes a little more than a fingerprint, but when they've done that, they've, they've modeled so much of Jesus. They have. And I want you to see some things as we look at this in Scripture, things that, that, that just stick out to me when you see the video and when I think about my mom. We know that love is an action. And that right there may not have looked like love all the time, but that was, that was love, man. I mean, love gets her out of that house. Love gets her in that crowd with no thought of herself. I mean, she pursued him. And, and, and that's what Jesus does. That's what moms do for us. I want to look at some characteristics. Number one, with a mom, and maybe even your mom, and especially that mom, you see sacrificial love. Man, you, you, it's hard to even say the word mom and not say sacrifice. You know what? I mean, that's moms. Mom's constantly sacrificing for us. John 15, 13 says this. Greater love, greater love has no one than this, than a friend that would lay down their life for you. Now, I know that scripture text is Jesus, but I'm telling you right now, that's what moms do. No greater love than a mom's love. No greater love. From, from before birth, I'm talking nine months preceding birth, they're loving them. They're loving us, making sacrifices, changing diets, taking care of themselves, doing what they're supposed to do. So that child has every chance to win, every chance. That mother right there, I'm telling you right now, that's a mob scene that's going on. She is in the safety of her home. She's got six kids. That's her only son, though. Bears her name, okay? She left the safety of her home, went into that crowd with no thought of herself whatsoever, and grabbed her son. A child left to himself will disgrace his mother. Moms, don't leave your son to yourself, to themselves. They'll wreck their lives. And it's okay for you to interfere, and it's okay to stick your nose in, and it's okay to be nosy. It's your right to be nosy. And I mean more than your nose. Get your arm in there, your foot in there, your head in there. Get your whole body in there, okay? And if they don't like it, just stay the next day too, okay? But that's your business. You can get in their business, okay? That's your right because you sacrifice to them. Remind them again that you brought them into the world, and you can take them out, okay? Right, but that's your right. That's her right. She said, he knows better than that, and that's not who he is. Boy, that's, mm. And I love the fact that he said, if you're going to do that, at least don't cover your face like a wimp. Take your mask off if you're going to do it. Boy, she spoke into him. I mean, spoke into him hard. Mom's love is sacrificial. Today, your mom has sacrificed more for you than you could ever think or imagine. And I'm going to tell you something. You know when you really realize how much your mom has sacrificed for you? is when you become a mom. That's when it really dawns on you. That's when you really recognize it, is when you become a mom. Don't look at me. I'm not a mom. But I'm just telling you, okay? 
When you become a mom, it changes everything because you realize what she did for you. Secondly, you see in moms, selfless love. (laughs) Selfless love. Who's always giving of their time? Who's always getting pulled and sucked and drained? Mom. My house does not say, go ask your dad. Hardly ever hear that. Unless they're mowing, okay? All right? But what you hear in my house is, go, a- go ask your mom. Go see mom. Go see what mom thinks. Go ask mom. I even say it. It's a choir. Go ask mom. <laughs> Who am I talking? That's my wife. And so I go. But that's what you do. Mom's just getting sucked dry because they're selfless, constantly giving, giving, giving of themselves. When I was growing up, uh, I played a lot of ball, and so I had practices late in the evening. My family, they wouldn't wait on me because I wasn't on my clock. I was on a coach's clock, and that's a different clock, okay? And so, so after I got done playing, I'd drive home. And my mom already fed the family. I was the oldest. She fed my brother, sister, and my dad, all that. They've already eaten, cleaned up. Everything was, you couldn't even tell they had a meal. And so I came in, but my mom would always tuck away a plate of food. Everything that they had, she'd fix my plate first, okay, and tuck it away. And then when I got home, uh, when I pulled up, she'd begin to heat it up. And then she'd sit with me at the dining room table and eat with me. You know what she said every time? Hey, Jeff, tell me about your day. Tell me about your day. Tell me about school. How's ball going? She wanted to know about my life. It's been all day for me waiting on me. She could have been doing a hundred things that she wanted to do. But when I got home, it was like the most important person in the world came home. It was her son. She was a mom. And she took the time to sit with me. Never missed it, man. She she was always there. And she'd always say, tell me about your day. Selfless, selfless, selfless acts constantly. A third thing you see about moms, and I don't underestimate this one. Moms are strong. Moms are strong. Show me your guns, moms. Y'all don't be ashamed of them. Show me your guns. All right? Moms are strong. Don't underestimate the strength of a mom. Moms can do a ton of things. I mean, ton of things. Y'all see that video where that guy goes and he... he, he uh, he has childbirth pains to try to feel like what his wife felt like. <laughs> Melissa's watching the other day. What, Friday night, Thursday night she's watching? I thought she's going to fall off the couch. She's giggling. I, and why she's giggling so much, she's imagining me doing that. That's what makes it funny. You imagine your husband doing it because he's such a wimp, okay, because he can't take that pain, all right? But, 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 but moms are strong, man. They're strong. They're strong to carry the child. They're strong to give birth to the child. And they're strong raising that child. They're strong women. Don't underestimate the strength of your mom. Dynamite comes in small packages, and you better remember it. Okay? You better remember it. Let me say something to you. That, that kid never, ever, ever will ever begin a sentence that my mom is a wimp. He might say a lot of things, but he'll never say those words. Because his mama just went upside his head repeatedly, okay, constantly, okay? He just got whooped 
by his mama in front of people, TV nations, all right? And that, what I love about that kid, he still goes on TV and says, yeah, she whooped me. She all upside my head. Mm-hmm. She did whoop you, all right? Whooped you hard. Now, unfortunately, that cat's got to get married someday, and his wife saw that too. But <laughs> I'm just saying, they'll work through that. They'll work through that, okay? They'll work through that. Uh, but, but, but moms are strong people. If you've got a mom here today, or your mom is somewhere else, I want you to know something, and you know this already. Your mom's a strong person. Strong. I mean, some of us as men just think what we put our moms through just ourselves. What I put my mom through, I know she's strong, okay? And that doesn't even account for my brother. And Oh, Lord, help my sister. I'm just telling you right now. My mom is strong. She wasn't very big, but she was a strong woman, strong woman. One other thing I want you to see is, and you saw it right there in that video, that moms never, ever, ever stop believing in their children. They never stop believing in their children. That woman right there, 16 years old, man, she could have said, hey, I had best I could for 16. Just let him go. He makes his own choices. He makes his own bed. He got to lay in it. Just let him go. But she said, no, 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 no. I know who he is. He bears my name. He's the only son I got. And he might have quit on himself, but I'm not quitting on him. And she put herself out there to go get him. And today, don't you give up on your kid. You keep fighting for your children. That's what moms do. They fight to the bitter end, man. They fight to the bitter end for their kids. Because they never, ever, ever stop believing in their children. You know, I played a lot of ball growing up. And, and, and I remember one game specifically, the last game I ever played in my high school career, we got beat at the University of Texas Stadium, and I pitched that ball game. I threw all seven innings. I struck out 17 people. I walked two. I got beat two to one. And the same redheaded, freckle-faced shortstop knocked in both runs, and I'm not bitter. I'm working through it. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to get over it. I'm sure he's a great dad somewhere, but, but I'm sorry. But, but I mean, he, did this, he, he drove in both runs, and, and I remember going home, getting home, and in the whole ride home I'm dreading because because I know what my dad's going to talk about. I know what he's going to talk about. Because we've been down this road. I struck out 17, and I walked two. Okay? And, and I, I'm almost rehearsing it all the way home. And when we got home, he said, I can't believe you walked two people. I knew that was coming. I knew it was coming. You had, you had them, and you played around. Why don't you just put them away? I'm like, no. You know, it's just constant. And so I'm already down, I'm already depressed, I'm already frustrated, I'm already beat up. And then my dad kind of puts another layer on it. And, and then my mom comes in, and she prays with me like she always does before I went to bed, and gave me a kiss on the cheek, even when I was a senior. And, uh, and she said, hey, look at me. She said, look at me. She said, Jeff Ponder, I want you to, I want you to remind you of something. I never want you to forget this. Son, you're, you're not defined by what you do between two white lines. You define what, by, by what Jesus did for you on a cross called Calvary. When he loved you so much, he died for you. That's what defines you, young man, not what you do between two white, line, white lines. And you never forget that, never. And, boy, she walked out of my room, and I'm like, whoo, that's a word right there. And I went to bed, and I slept good. I did. 
Because, and, I, and that echoes in my mind constantly, constantly, constantly to this day. You know, my mom is gone now. She died of Alzheimer's. And uh, too quick, too young. But that was, I can't do anything about that. Well, I had her at Craig's, at the Craig for a while here. And there was a guy in the Craig called Jim. And that happened to be the guy that, kind of a caregiver guy for him, for her. And she thought that was the same Jim, but... <laughs> Not the same gym. But so one day I come to see her after lunch. I get, go by to see her all the time after lunch. And so I walked in and nurses saw me and I was looking around because my mom, she, she was young when she had it. So everybody else was sitting watching TV. My mom making laps around everybody, you know. And so I'm trying, I can't find my mom. And she's pointing over there. And I was like, that's not her room. She's in there. So I go in there and I turn the corner and there's a twin bed and her and Jim laying in there taking a nap. I said, wait a minute, time out. That's just wrong. Got to throw a flag on that, man. That's a 10-yard penalty right there. You got to march her back. Uh, and, and she said, she said, and then I'm looking at the nurses, and they it don't matter. They don't even know it. They don't know anything. They don't know anything. It's fine. They don't hurt you. I'm like, that, I don't care if they know anything. It just looks wrong, all right? And so, so I just went out. I couldn't handle anymore. I had to leave. So the next day I came back, and we did this every day. And she didn't do that every day. But I came by every day after lunch. And, 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 and her and Jim are always talking. And so I did the same three questions every day, every time I went by. So I'd walk up, Jim like that, and said, hey, Mom, how are you? And he'd look at me. He'd go, uh, excuse me, young man, what's your business with her, with Miss Cinda? And I said, this is my mom. I'm her son. And my mom would go, oh, my son. Okay. And then he'd say, and, and what is your name? And I said, my name's Jeff. Oh. Jeff. And he'd go, and what do you do, sir? And I said, I'm a pastor. Oh, pastor. I mean, that's all I said. Every time. I'm like the same thing every time. But can I just say something to you? Even to her dying day, my mom never stopped patting me on the back. Same three questions. I'm her son. My name is Jeff. I'm a pastor. Oh, a pastor. Let me say something to you. Until your mom's called to glory, she'll be patting your back. That's what moms do. They never stop believing in the kids, man. My mom didn't know me for the last probably year, year and a half of her life. Okay? But I just want you to know something. My mom's in heaven today, and she knows all, she knows everything. she got good memory now. And I can feel her patting me all the time from heaven. Oh, my son. Oh, Jeff. Oh, my pastor. I want you to know something. You're sitting by your mom or you got a mom somewhere, I want you to know something. You can feel her every once in a while patting you on the back because that's what moms do. They never, ever, ever stop believing in their children. Never. And the last thing is this. Very important for moms. You know, people say to me, listen, all the time, hey, you got two great children. I say, well, thank you. Uh, that's because of their mom, all right? But, but you got two great children, and how do you do that? And, and, and I don't know. We just created an atmosphere, and they bloomed, and I'm proud of Brett and Allie. I love them to death, and they have great children. But, but there was a pivotal moment in our marriage uh, that happened early when Brett and Allie were little bitty. And uh, it was 1999. It was in December, almost 2000, and M Melissa, my wife, her dad's a worship pastor, 
and still is today. And she married a minister, or married a pastor, and so that's all she's known. And when we got married or when we were dating and we talked about the Lord and we talked about church and talked about Christ and all this, she, she, she had a story, and it was a good one. I, I thought it was good. And so I assumed that my wife was saved. I did. And we got married, and through a course of events that led to this, one morning uh, in Longview, Texas, I woke up, and my wife was not in my bed. And I'm like, uh-oh, the rapture happened, and I'm not good as I thought. And I, but but we don't, I don't get up much, and she's not there, okay? And so I found her at the opposite end of the house, sitting on the floor with Bibles and Roman robe and all kind of Bible study fellowship stuff laying all over the place. And I just looked at her, and I said, you okay? And she said, I know, I, I know what it is. And I said, you know what it is. What do you mean you know what it is? She goes, Jeff, I'm, I'm not saved. I have no peace. I've never had peace. I, I'm supposed to be 20 years old in my walk with Christ. And when I look back over 20 years, I can't see fruit, Jeff. There's nothing that I can't see a change. I don't see fruit. And I'm not at peace as, as your wife. I'm not at peace as a mom. I, I can't handle this. I, 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 I'm not at peace. I don't have any peace in my life. And she says, I want you to look, look at this scripture. Look at, look at this scripture. And she, she showed me Romans 5.1. It says this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. She said, the reason I don't have any peace is because I don't have Jesus. I said, do you know what you need to do? She said, I know exactly what I need to do. And so I knelt down and I held her and she prayed. And right there on that floor, whatever time that was, early in the morning, I held her, she prayed, and I'm telling you, I held her, she was heavy. And it was, she's not heavy, okay? But she was heavy with the weight of that, okay? as that minister's daughter, married to that pastor. And three times prior to that, the Holy Spirit had prompted her, and, and she said no to it. And that morning, she prayed to receive Christ. And I'm telling you, when she finished that prayer, she is light as a feather. She is born again and set free. And I'm telling you right now, that was a pivotal time in our marriage. And I want you to know something as moms. The greatest, greatest, greatest thing you can do in your whole entire life is to give your life to Christ. If you're born again child of the king today, you will be the mom that, that God wants you to be. Apart from that, you're going to have to get saved. You need to get saved as a mom. If you're lost today trying to be a mom, you don't have a prayer. You can't. That's too hard. It's too hard. And if you're, if you're just anxious about everything and you don't really have peace in your life, I'm talking peace that passes all understanding. I'm talking peace that says, God's got this. He's under control. He, God's got this. I'm okay with this. The peace of God will push away all the anxieties of me and moms. Today, moms, the greatest thing you can do is know beyond a shadow of a doubt. No, 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 that you're born again. And so a lot of times we assume that, that because moms always want their children at church, that mo- all moms are saved. That's a bad assumption to make. Because my wife was at church a bunch. She was drugged at church a bunch, all right? But she was lost. And so today, if you're a mom today, 
When you look at the characteristics of a mom, you look at sacrifice and selflessness and strong and believing, you see Jesus. But the most important thing for moms is that they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they are born again. And today, moms, I want you to think about that question. Has there been a time in my life that I have been born again? Because here's what's going to happen. That little child that you're holding, that little child that you're raising, is going to ask you one day about Jesus, about your story. And you better have one. You better have one. I want to lead us in a time of invitation this morning. And when you think about moms, boy, moms are awesome people. But the most important thing, and every mom will tell you, is Jesus. And this morning... If you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior and Lord, and I know I talked a lot to moms, but you may be a dad here or a son here or a daughter here, and you don't know the Lord, today is a day. On Mother's Day, you can meet Jesus and be changed from the inside out, be born again. This morning, whatever God has said to you, maybe it's looking for a church home, and you didn't come thinking, hey, we're going to join today. It's Mother's Day. It may be not why you're here. But that's what you sense God wanting you to do, that this is a church for you. This is home church for you. You come this morning. We have people at the altar to pray over you and for you. And so you come to them. The altar is open as well. You may want to grab your mom, bring her to the altar, and pray over her. That will give her a heart attack, but she'll recover, okay? But that may be what God leads you to do. But, man, I want you to, I want you to listen to the Lord during this invitation time. And you respond in obedience to him as we pray. Father, we thank you so much. We love you. We praise you. We adore you. And, God, during this invitation time, during this time, God, where we, 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 we're called to do what you've spoken into us, Father. It may be a Mother's Day message, but, but, but it's still your message, Father. And you're still speaking it through your word and through your spirit. And Father, I pray if there's anybody at the sound of my voice that does not know you as their Savior, Father, that they would come today and meet you and be born again today. The people looking for a church home, they'd come this morning for prayer, whatever, God. For on the other side of obedience, Father, is always blessing. And may we be obedient today. In Christ's name.